Real estate, I think, is one of the more misconstrued investments out there. At the end of the day, it really comes down to just like anything else. If you get a good price at the beginning, it's likely you'll make money. Everyone, thank you for joining us for today's episode of The Capitalist Investor. I'm Mark Tepper, joined by Derek Gabrielson. What up, D? Mark, how's it going today, good, man? buddy. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. So we get to talk some fun stuff today, man. Awesome. Fun idea for today's show. Because I think, you know, we probably both think about it from time to time. We have some clients who think about it. And that is vacation homes. Oh. Are they an investment? An excellent topic. Because you can definitely trick yourself into thinking it's a really good investment. <laughs> yeah, right? right. I do that all the time. And you, you got to start doing the math a little bit, you know? Yeah. So we're going to talk about that today. And we're going to kind of just work through the numbers, work through the concept, and just break down kind of the pros and cons of maybe purchasing a vacation home and or whether or not you should consider it as an investment or if it's just a place for you to enjoy. Right. Right. What's your take? First and foremost, why don't we start there and then we can kind of go through this piece by piece. Is a vacation home an investment or is it just consumption? I guess it really depends, in my opinion, on, on kind of the, the fine details. Yep. But what I would say is it's definitely more on the consumption end versus the investment side. Yep. Uh, but it can be. It can be more of an investment. It just depends really on how uh, much time you want to spend to realize some of that investment return back. And how much are you actually going to get? Like, what's your net return? Exactly. Right? Exactly. I think a lot of people look at the appreciation of their mm -hmm. property. So you're lucky enough to buy a place in California or something like that where appreciation has just been astronomical. That's not your return. Mm -hmm. There's costs <laughs> <laughs> that go against that return, right? So we need to figure out what the net return is. But, you know, D, I think I'm kind of in the same, same camp. I think a lot of us, our clients, we all have these dreams, these goals, these aspirations of you know potentially one day owning a vacation home. Mm -hmm. Some people think vacation homes are the the dumbest thing in the world. They'd rather not be tied to one place. They'd rather vacation. Totally cool. You know, whatever floats your boat. But we do have a good handful of clients who've asked us this. Um, I was asked this a week ago on TV. So you know, I figured it'd be kind of a fun thing to talk about. But you know, first and foremost, buying a vacation home is, without a doubt, it's consumption. Oh yeah, without a doubt. If you're interested in buying a vacation home, I think you need to enter into that arrangement thinking that. Mm -hmm. And if there's an investment component, well, that's really just icing on the cake. Exactly. Right. And I go through this. Building out the financial plans for our clients, uh, yeah. you know, for my clients, it's a pretty commonly asked question, I yeah. would say, and probably not to get off topic, but another real estate related question is when I retire, should I pay off my mortgage? And question number two, hey, I've, I've always wanted to downsize here in Ohio and get a vacation home. Yep. And you know, we've been going to this place forever and and we like it and we think we can get a, a house for this amount of money. And if we wanted to, I think we could rent that place out for X amount of dollars per month. You think. <laughs> exactly. But then the question is do you want someone else Multiple people sleeping in your bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be cool with that, man. Yeah, you know? Especially not these days, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You raised a good point. Some people trick themselves. Mm -hmm. And maybe there are people who really enter into these arrangements dead set on renting that thing out. Mm -hmm. and, and for those people, I apologize. You're doing the right thing. But right. there are a lot of people 
a lot of people I've talked to throughout the years who claim they're going to rent it out and they never do. Mm -hmm. This is just like our clients who claim that they are going to retire and then work part-time in retirement. Right. What percentage of them actually do? Uh, very, very few yeah. actually do. I right? mean, maybe 20, 25%. No, I'd say even less than that. Less than that, yeah. So don't trick yourself <laughs> into thinking that you're going to be getting some sort of revenue right. or return on your investment when the chances are pretty low that you're actually going to do that. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to paying off your mortgage. And then, and then we'll get back into the vacation home stuff. Let's just assume I'm 62 years old. I'm retiring next year. D, should I pay off my house? What's your typical response to that? You know, if they're in a position to do so. And what I mean by that is, you know, not pulling a, a giant chunk of money out of their IRA accounts, uh, 401k account that's going to take like hundreds of thousands, the hundreds of thousands yeah. that's going to take an enormous tax hit up front, you know, just to kind of make them feel better on the other side of not having any debt. That's obviously kind of a, a non starter. Yep. You know, there's no way it's going to be worth that just because of the timing and the taxes. Yeah. Yep. Now, for other people that have, you know, say a, a smaller balance, let's say like seventy five thousand bucks or something like that, and let's say they have a, a non qualified investment account, and let's say there's three hundred thousand in there. If I were to run the straight numbers and assume kind of a uh, normalized rate of return on the investment account side, the math would probably tell me it is not better to take Correct. the lump sum out and yep. pay off that amount. Almost always. Um, those people who are in a position to do that, however, if it just makes them feel better, helps them sleep sleep at night, and it's, again, not a huge tax hit or anything like that, you know, I will tell them, you know, hey, you are in a position to do that. I don't think you're going to be making money on the transaction, but I don't think you're going to be losing tens yep. of thousands of dollars. And, and I, I feel the same way. I tell my clients something very similar. The math is going to tell them, not to pay it off. Right. Right. Because if, if your mortgage is three, four percent and you're able to earn, you know, five percent on your money, mm-hmm. um, if it were invested, obviously there's some positive arbitrage there and it would make sense to not pay it off. But as you're alluding to, if you're close to the end of a mortgage, you know, if you've got five years left on a 30 year, if you've got three years left on a 15 year, if you're kind of at the tail end of that thing, and there's just a small nut left for you to, to pay out. Sleeping at night is what's most important. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, look, peace of mind is what it's all about. So I agree. The math is going to tell you not to pay it off. But, you know, we all want to we want to enjoy ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the most important part of of developing a good financial plan for people is to make sure they have peace of mind. Absolutely. Right. All right. So back to the vacation property stuff. So let's talk a little math here because I started, I brought my calculator because I didn't didn't prep for this at all. So we're going to have to do some math here, but I'm trying to figure out, let's assume you were to buy a a vacation home. All right. Okay. And let's assume you are lucky enough to realize 6% annual appreciation on that real estate. Okay. When's the last time we saw 6% in Ohio? I don't even remember, honestly. <laughs> 20 years ago? You know, there there's certain pockets in Ohio that, that have done pretty well. But as a average Northeast Ohio, even coming out of the, the 2009, 2008, 2009 recession, I can't remember yeah. those, those kinds of numbers. No, no. And then alternatively, our, our, our co-worker, Peter, out in the Bay Area, oh, yeah. that, that dude can't get a two-bedroom apartment <laughs> for less than a million bucks. I you know, know, it's so, crazy. You know, totally. There's there's different areas, right? Mm-hmm. So let's assume you're able to get six percent appreciation. Mm-hmm. 
I think one of the fallacies that a lot of people have is that that is their return. Right. They feel really good about like, <laughs> this is great, man. I'm going to go buy this vacation home. I'm going to have so much fun. I'm getting a 6% return on that thing. <laughs> exactly. No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, there's Got a it. few costs along the way. Yeah, there are, right? So first things first, you have your mortgage, mm-hmm. your mortgage interest. And if you say, well, I'm paying cash, that's a whole different discussion because then your cash could have been invested somewhere else and now it's opportunity cost. So yep. let's just assume it's the same either way. Mm-hmm. All right. And there's a mortgage. Now, if you're really lucky, you can get a three-ish percent mortgage right now. Now, that's not on a jumbo loan, you know, and some people may want a a jumbo mortgage on their vacation property. Others need something much more reasonable. Three, three and a half percent, somewhere in that range, depending on whether you do a 15 or a 30 or what are you seeing? If you already have a primary residence and the bank knows that it's going to be a a second home and a second mortgage, I I don't think you can get a three to three and a half percent mortgage. You're right. I would say is probably more like four and a quarter. All right. So let's use four and a quarter. That is your first cost, which is your mortgage. Yep. 4.25%. So if you were getting 6% appreciation, your net return already, six minus 4.25 is mm-hmm. 1.75%. I didn't even need a calculator for that one. I needed it. <laughs> I have it. I did not use it. I had I it open you, though. I promise you, I didn't use it. My, my brain doesn't work as fast as it used to uh, three months ago. <laughs> well, we're also addicted to the computers, now, yeah. right? So, all right. So your, your net return is 1.75%. Right. Is that good? No. No. It's not very good. All right. Let's add on other costs. So some people would say my return is 6% and they stop mm-hmm. there and they love it and they buy right. their house and they completely dupe themselves. The next set of people, they subtract the cost of the mortgage. Mm-hmm. At least they're starting to think the right way. That gets you to 1.75% as your net annual return. Right. Now let's subtract the other stuff, taxes and insurance and HOA fees. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is probably going to be two to 3% per year. Right. Okay. Easily. All right. So what are our costs here? Now we are looking at six and a quarter to seven and a quarter a year. I think we're losing money, D. Already. Not, neither of us are good at math, but I think that's bad. <laughs> all right. If we're making six and we're it's costing us 6.25 to 7.25, it sounds like we are losing money. Mm-hmm. What about upkeep and maintenance? It's huge and it's a it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> and, yeah. Something I always want, I, I wanted to interject when uh, we started to, to bring up this subject. I feel like since we were kids, you know, everyone was telling us, hey, you know, buying your home, that's the greatest investment that you'll ever make. Yep. And what a scam that was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All I do is dump money into my house. Yeah. <laughs> and and I don't never, get anything you'll back. You'll never get back what you put into it. No. Never. No, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, landscaping and fixing stuff that breaks all the time. That's um, why multifamily investing is such a good deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? I mean, rent, rent, paying rent is better than owning a home oh, nowadays. Yeah, no doubt. And actually, there's a lot of baby boomers and millennials who are opting to go that route. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean- why be trapped in one place when I can rent here in Cleveland and then visit my kids in Austin, Texas and San Diego, California, yep. not be tied to one place. So you are, we are seeing some of that happening with clients, right? Selling their houses and, and renting. Yep. But yeah, back to your point, upkeep, uh, especially upkeep for a rental, you know, is going to be higher than, than a regular house that you're just living in. So well, let's assume you're not renting it out at all. Okay. Let's start there. Okay. <laughs> You're just using it for consumption, mm-hmm. right? 2% of the home's value per year? I mean, is that a good estimate? 
I believe that's what we're using now in our financial plans. It's either yeah, I mean, one, one and a half to two percent. You got a five hundred thousand dollar house, ten grand a year. That sounds right. Maybe yeah. one year it's five grand. The next year it's twenty. It's not bad. Two million dollar house. You know, now you're talking much bigger numbers. Oh, you're yeah. talking, you know, forty, <laughs> fifty grand a year potentially. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's add on two percent. Okay. So now we're at eight point two five to nine point two five percent. That is the cost associated with owning a second home mm-hmm. per year. Right. 825 to 9.25% based on today's very, very low mortgage rates. Mm-hmm. Okay. That does not sound like a good investment. No. <laughs> <laughs> Unless even if you're even if your real estate's appreciating at 10% per year, mm-hmm. you've got a large chunk of money. You've got a big financial commitment there where net you're getting maybe a percent. Right. Not good. Not good. No. Okay. So I think the lesson here, D, is if you are buying a vacation home for consumption purposes, mm-hmm. to use it yourself, it is definitely not an investment. No. You you would need to see astronomical appreciation on the property to have any kind of break even. So, I mean, you for it to be an attractive investment, you'd have to hope for at least 15% annual appreciation. Right. Just for it to be attractive, for it mm-hmm. to be... Unbelievable, Mm -hmm. 20% annualized appreciation into perpetuity. That's tough. The market's like, you know, New York City, California. That happens sometimes, but (laughs) then it can kind of go down the other way pretty quickly as well. New York City real estate right now, I don't think is going to be too attractive a spot from the the levels that that people were paying three months ago. Yeah, I would say it's definitely going to come down, (laughs) right? Part of that is because who knows how many people are still going to want to live in the city. Right. Mm-hmm. right? I mean, public transportation. Do you want to use that? Hey, maybe you want to go move out to the suburbs, get a house, mm-hmm. and just drive in by yourself every day. Right. right? So maybe maybe it changes the way people live mm-hmm. um, in the New York area. All right. So using it for consumption, which is what most people do, not an investment. What about if you plan on renting it out? If you'd go on Airbnb, VRBO, and and when you're not there, you're renting it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's your take there? My take is kind of how much time am I personally going to have to spend to turn a profit and how much is my time worth? Yes. So when you try to calculate the returns, you technically have to pay yourself a reasonable wage. Right. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. You're really not doing it for free. Well, right. I mean, you're doing it for free, but your time's worth something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, I've um, talked to a buddy, lives in a different state. He felt if he was breaking even on his mortgage that he was basically racking up the 6 to 10% appreciation on the property that we're just talking about. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Even if that's true, I mean, how much time are you going to have to spend to make that happen? Yeah. <laughs> right? right. And then what happens if someone doesn't pay you when they say they're going to? There's just a whole host of issues that can come up that I feel that most people who I have these conversations with aren't really thinking about the first time when they're running the numbers in their head. Yep. So, I mean, let's try and arrive at a number here. All right. All right so here's what I got, bud. We had the the mortgage at 4.25. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got HOA, we've got taxes, we've got insurance, somewhere in that 2 to 3% range, mm-hmm. okay? And then we've got upkeep at 2% per year, Yep. okay? So we're all in at 8.25 to 9.25. All right. Now, let's assume, let, let's just use a snowbird as an example, mm-hmm. okay? So you, you get a place in Florida, in Arizona, and let's just say every January through April, so four months a year, 
you are at your winter home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Eight months out of the year, you try to rent it a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. And who knows, maybe you get a week a month. Right. Maybe if you're lucky, two weeks a month. Mm-hmm. I would say best case scenario, you're going to offset the cost of the upkeep. Best case scenario. I would agree with that. And that's, that's before that's you send in the cleaning case. crew yeah. <laughs> exactly. to clean up after the peak because there will be additional expenses. Right. Right. So maybe rather than 2% upkeep, now it's 3% upkeep because mm-hmm. you have other people you right. know, staying in your place. Right. Mm-hmm. So now we're talking a 925 to 10.25% cost associated with that property. So assuming having someone renting from you maybe a week or two a month for eight months out of the year, best case scenario, that wipes us clean on the upkeep portion. Mm-hmm. We're still on the hook for 2 to 3% for taxes, insurance, and HOA, and 4.25 for the mortgage. So our cost is still 6.25 to 7.25. And if it's appreciating at six, you are still losing money. Correct. Now, one other thing you may want to consider is the cost of a vacation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know maybe you say, well, if I didn't have this place, I would have spent... 15 grand on vacations over the course of that year, which I'm no longer going to spend money on that. So maybe there's an argument to add that back, Mm -hmm. right? As a positive cash flow. Yeah, that's a great point. Honestly, I never even thought about that. Yeah. But I just did that with uh, one of my clients uh, in their financial plan. They bought a place in Florida. They absolutely love it. Uh, I'm real happy for them. But yeah, I basically was able to take out the uh, vacation expense line item in their financial plan. Yeah. So they're happy and their expenses went down. Yeah. So that, that was a, a, a good one for them. You know, one of the reasons I wanted to do this is because I was a little heartbroken this morning. <laughs> you know, in my basement working out in the morning and, and you know, I, I, get, I see something from CNBC come across my phone. It says mortgage applications to purchase a home were up 21% year over year. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> My dreams have been crushed. I was hoping to get a good deal on a vacation home in about six to 12 months. Yeah. Around mid-March, I'd say if you were in the vacation home market, you were probably feeling pretty good. Jeez. Uh, man, that turned around quickly. It did. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but who yeah. knows? I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. So why are mortgage applications up 21% year over year when unemployment Headline unemployment's 13.3%, I believe. But mm-hmm. the real unemployment, when you add back the people who were misclassified, is more mm-hmm. like 16.3 or 16.6, right. something like that. Yep. So with so many more people unemployed, how is this happening? <laughs> so we either have some overly optimistic home buyers, right? and unfortunately, they're going to realize that maybe they're not getting their jobs back. I don't know. Or I don't know how to explain this. I can't explain it. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not going to make for uh, the best content right now, but um, yeah, it seems um, across all facets of the economy, everyone seems to be kind of just shaking off what just happened. Yeah. Um, like in three months, it, it will be like it never happened yep. um, and are just plowing ahead with uh, their investments or real estate investments, things like that. So now that everyone seems to... Um, think that we we've turned the corner on this coronavirus stuff people are out there and they're out there spending yeah and i can tell you just from my own development which is a new development there's probably 60 lots still left in the last two weeks the traffic at the model homes has increased for sure has it there's been a lot more cars 
a lot more people looking. Some pent-up demand, uh, huh? Yeah, so I think pent-up demand might have a little bit to do with it. I'm not sure uh, about the year-over-year results, um, how much of a, a an impact that would have. But people are out there spending. Yeah. They're out there spending like nothing happened. We have a resilient consumer, but you know, at the same point in time, they're spending like nothing happened, but did something happen? Yeah. So I think something happened. Yeah, that's right? for sure. So, I mean, we'll see. You know, hopefully... Hopefully everything's positive, but there's certainly a chance that, you know, some people may be making the wrong decision, which, uh, you know, unfortunately would lead to another financial crisis, mm-hmm. you know, real estate issue. Let's hope that does not happen though. Yeah. Well, for my sake though, I hope real estate prices come down for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need, you know, I need, I need to at least dream about owning, a, I mean, look, at I've, least in Southern I've been California. thinking about buying a vacation home for mm. over 10 years now. I'm just yeah. waiting for like the real estate market to, to come back down to earth, but it just keeps going up. Yeah. You know, for the folks listening out there, you know, we live in Cleveland and it's a great town and the people are amazing. Great, you know, standard of uh, living is very, awesome. very affordable cost of living. And, you know, we both traveled quite a bit. Just amazing people. It's 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 a nice place to be around. But in January, you're getting a little stir crazy, right? And no you could doubt. use some sun, um, some maybe some golf in my case, although I know you're getting back into it. So, yeah, you know, looking at these spots is something that, you know, kind of people do as like a hobby, you know, yeah. take a look at a certain location and, and see, see what the prices are. So I know I'm not really doing that right now, but our family vacation in upstate New York. So yep. my kids are young now. So I would like a kind of like a, a summer, like lake house that yeah. I could take them to. I don't necessarily need to own it, but you know, I, I want to try to get them you know, on the water. Cause I, I enjoyed that so much when I was a kid. Yeah. Something within driving distance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get a lot more use out of that than yep. having to fly across the country without a doubt. <laughs> well, good stuff. Anything else you want to talk about with regards to this? Real estate, I think, is one of the more misconstrued investments out there. At the end of the day, it really comes down to just like anything else. If you get a good price at the beginning, it's likely you'll make money. If you're overpaying in the beginning, yeah. it's, it's, it's just it's, like buying a stock. Yeah, right? exactly. The number one determinant of your return in the stock market is where you bought the stock at. No doubt. Right? Your, your entry price. So just be careful if, if you're out there listening as these prices just keep going up and up and up, you know, um, that doesn't last forever. Yeah. So I, I, you know, just to kind of wrap up, I would say, enjoy the property. If, if it's a goal of yours, if mm-hmm. it's, if it's in your, your retirement plan, enjoy it, have fun, but don't trick yourself into thinking it's an investment. Right. <laughs> we really just ran the math both ways, whether mm-hmm. you consume and actually just use it for, for personal use. Mm-hmm. And then if you use it for personal use, but also try to rent it out, there's still a big hurdle for you to cross somewhere in that seven to 10% per right. year range, depending on which, you know, which route you go down. But beyond that, there's also the issue of liquidity. I was just going to say that. Right. I mean, that's the last thing is <laughs> yeah. you put your money in a, in a property, it's completely illiquid. Right. You have your money in a CD at the bank, things liquid. Mm-hmm. You have it in the stock market, it's liquid. If the stock market drops 20, 30%, I, I could argue that you're paying a penalty to get your money out, but it's mm-hmm. still liquid, right? Right. And you could certainly do the same thing with real estate. You could fire sale your house if you really needed the money, but I could fire sale all the stocks in my portfolio right now right. and get my money right now. Mm-hmm. You could fire sale your house and you might be 90 plus days away from getting your money. So mm-hmm. it is illiquid. Good stuff today. Uh, as always, thanks for joining us. If you have any questions, email us, info at swpconnect.com. Check out the show notes on our website. 
And uh, we have a bunch of links in there for our YouTube page and stuff like that. So thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you soon.